You are now tuned in to DAR Sports Media, and we are here with a very special edition Nostalgia Hour, where we're going to take you guys for your little your drive to go see your families on Thanksgiving, uh, your Thanksgiving weekend leading up to Survivor Series. Uh, maybe if you want to throw this on while you're taking that little quote-unquote walk around the block before the food comes out, you know what I'm talking about for tonight. We're here to run you through the Thanksgiving classic, the Thanksgiving tradition, the Survivor Series, an event going on 30-plus years, um, staple of the WWE. It's certainly evolved quite a bit over the years. Now it's perennially the war games. We're going to dig into that, dig into our favorite Survivor Series memories. Hopefully we'll give you a good rundown of the Survivor Series. Joining us tonight, we have... The owner and the proprietor of JustBringTheRaw.com. He is a wrestling historian, Mr. Luck07 on Twitter, Mr. Luck. We also have joining us, uh, we're honored to have the creator, rapper, Twitch streamer, designer, performer, Devin, Devin the Dude, Dev Dude on Twitter. We also have regular contributor uh, and a regular contributor on fansite at DDT.com, Morgan Jane. She of the CM Punk's greatest hits, Twitter, and maybe soon to be podcast. I don't know. Maybe she'll, you know, since we put her on the map, maybe she'll reach out to us sometimes to welcome us onto her wildly successful podcast that's coming up. And of course, the owner and the proprietor of DAR Sports Media, the true God, riding with us as well. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I guess the first thing that we can kind of start off with, and I touched it in the beginning, is we'll start at the new stuff and we'll compare it to the old and we'll work our way all the way through. How do you feel about war games becoming the format for survivor series? Now it taken on this thing where survivor series and war games are kind of tied together. And that's kind of the attraction, um, not the elimination matches, not anything like that. It has evolved to become the war game show. V luck. How do you, what do you think, man? Um, it is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting evolution because, uh, I, I, as you imagine, as you just mentioned, the, uh, elimination matches gone away. I kind of miss those, but, uh, given though all the, uh, proprieties and the old trademarks that WWE has because of when it took over WCW. Um, it, it, it's not surprising they they taking advantage, capitalizing on the war games, and people seem to like it. I mean, it's been enjoyable. Of course, uh, if you're old enough to remember the, the uh, WCW war games, uh, um, it was a little bit different. The format was somewhat different, but you know, especially with Triple H being at the helm, you know, he was a he was a big NWA guy, and so. He, as we see it was NXT, remember it's that the old territories and especially uh particularly NWA. So it's an interesting evolution to see what I will say uh I do kinda of miss the old old style survival survivor elimination matches. Dev, what's what's your take on uh this being the new home home of war games? Is that a is that a positive move in your opinion or would you prefer some of some of the older formats? 
because it's had many over the years. Right. I see. I see like both sides to it. You know, the positive and, and the negative as far as war games. In my opinion, Survivor Series is the least important of the big four pay-per-views, just in terms of like the treatment of it. Like, you know, Royal Rumble leads into WrestleMania. Obviously, WrestleMania is the most important. Then you got summertime. Everyone's, you know, has the free time to go there. And then Survivor Series generally falls around one of our most important holidays. You know what I mean? So just 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 in the time period in which it takes place, it's not it's, 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 it hasn't had the best treatment when you compare it to the other ones. And and over time, you, you know, as a result of that, the elimination matches have, you know, they, they, they didn't matter. I just watched for the first time Survivor Series 2009, which in theory is a, like the, the card itself is very solid. The month before they had bragging rights. The whole thing was SmackDown versus Raw. You know what I'm saying? So, so wrestling, WWE had gotten to the point where it didn't even matter to them. And so I, I think War Games is a good placeholder for it, but at the same time, we've had Hell in a Cell pay per view, we had TLC, that you know TLC pay per views. I I think that like having the monthly, or, you know having the yearly rather, and you know when it's going to happen. I think you you you'll fall into the same thing though. You know what I mean? You, you know you, you, it's a one month feud, and then the, the next month is 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 War Games, and you got to put the big guys in there. You know what I mean? Whereas Hell in a Cell and War Games, these are supposed to be big matches the culmination of a few you know what i mean so i see both sides to it and what's interesting is i've heard fans of every age group old bookers fans of our age fans of younger age they all they all say the same thing and they say what you said like i miss when hell in a cell was it was a match that happened because it had to happen not a match was put into it because the cell was already there same thing right. with war games war games used to be the ultimate blow off match. And now it's, you have to create the story around it and you see it every year. And then NXT sort of did such a great, when they brought yeah. it into WWE, they did such a great job at that. It was the culmination of some major few that was playing out. And I, I can see that already going away, you know, none of this a main roster thing. True. What do you think of them moving to war games, being the, the feature match in the survivor series? I thought it was silly. Honestly, I just kind of thought it was safe from, from jump. You know, I think survivor series was always, Survivor Series. I think if you wanted to do uh, a War Games, you could easily put that on a different show. You know, I think it'd even be more exciting that would you still have Survivor Series and you still had a War Games. Um, yeah. you know, because War and... Games is War Games. It, it used to be tied more closely to the Great American Bash, which is like a summer summertime stadium thing. Which that would be fucking sick. It doesn't necessarily got to be the Great American Bash because I get in the year twenty twenty three. Um, the uh, I don't want to, you know, patriotism or jingoism or whatever is not as uh hot in the streets as it once was, but some sort of summertime stadium make it its own thing. I, I don't really see why you need to attach to Survivor Series. And then the last few years when it was with NXT, it was like you, you they were building a Survivor Series weekend, just like how you had the SummerSlam weekend yeah. and the WrestleMania weekend, they had something there. Morgan, you're not as uh, tied to the old Survivor Series style that some of us are. And it's interesting because I think we got fans from all, you know, every era in here. Uh, people, you know, like me, Mr. Luck, who have probably seen it all from the 80s um, all the way through now. Dev, when did you start watching wrestling? So I'm 25. I've been watching wrestling forever since I was three. So. Okay. So, but like a little bit later. So you saw the Deadly Game tournaments and the bragging rights style where it was side versus side um 
become it now. Morgan, you're not as tied to it because you're because you're a little younger. What is your take on the war games becoming the feature match of Survivor Series? Well, <clears throat> I haven't watched WWE in five years. So I haven't watched a war games match before. Uh, I've Ever. seen I've seen Blood and Guts in AEW. They, so they, they did they did happen before they were in the WWE. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just giving I know they happened before. Um I'll this Saturday I'll probably be watching for the first time. So Okay, I'm so you're excited. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we can start there. Uh Mr. Luck, what was your first? What's your first memory of Survivor Series? What's the first Survivor Series you watched? You no, know, it was uh funny. I started watching uh wrestling uh WWE. I'm gonna go back then. It was WWF, WCW, somewhat regularly in 1990. So, okay. matter of fact, quite a few uh the uh Survivor Series and even SummerSlam and WrestleMania I actually saw years after the fact. Cause uh you know um, you know I was in high school ninety eight you know the Monday Night Wars so when it was my teen years you know of course wrestling was going through that boom again so I go to Blockbuster or even Hollywood Video those were old enough to remember that story uh it read old WWE pay reviews so to answer your question my first the first Survivor Series I actually read it and watched was the very first one, the inaugural yeah. uh, Survivor Series 87. Yep. And it was a very enjoyable watch because it was a very enjoyable watch because, I mean, it was really, those of you who have seen it, it was basically good top to bottom. I mean, every Survivor Series, every Survivor match was action-packed. It all... Uh, was our one thing I appreciated was they had the women there and um it went out that was cool because they had uh if you remember those we old enough remember the jumping bomb angels. Yeah the jumping bomb angels had, in that match and it fucked yeah. that match was was the shit. Yeah. So it, it uh I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that because even at the time even though I was younger I thought about it, it was like you know WWE did have some bright spots in that division. But uh, as, as we all know, up until like a few years, way until like the last decade, that WWE tried to start taking women wrestling seriously again. So it was given that time frame back then, it was uh very impressive, man. Because if if you go back and look at some like you know Survivor Series '87 or Royal Rumble '98, uh, Royal Rumble '88, I mean the 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 ladies were getting some 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 impressive pops and, and stuff. It seemed like the crowd was really into them. So it was a very interesting contrast. So suffice it to say, top to bottom, I mean, it was the first Survivor Series I watched. The inaugural was having to be the inaugural one. It was very impressive because it was good top to bottom. And uh, I mean, also the main, the feature, the main event Survivor match was impressive too because if I remember correctly, wasn't it Bam Bam Bigelow who was the lone survivor or something like yep, that? Yep. So yep. that's the same push you, when he first came in the company. Yep. Right. So that that showed you how big a deal they uh 
big deal. He was viewed uh, come into WWF because if I correctly, I believe he had come from the NWA. Yep. I, I think prior to, to him coming to WWF. And had and only had, been wrestling for a few years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that shows you how big they, 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 they are, how big, big, they, you know, Vincent, the bookers must have thought him for him. They give such a big spot, you know, that's shortly coming into the company. But, uh, yeah, so that was my first Survivor Series I really watched. They uh, he had that huge push coming through, and then uh, oh yeah, you know, all all the other vets like Andre and and Bundy, they started like beating the shit out of him in the right. matches, like for real, because they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he, right. he just didn't he didn't want to do it no more, and that's why he disappeared again for a right. while. He did until ninety three, yeah, yeah, they come back to ninety three. So same same with you. Um, my first one that I watched like as it was happening was nineteen ninety. Um which you know i became a fan in, in 89 um so uh wrestlemania 4 era of rise of the ultimate warrior mega powers macho king dusty Rhodes came in hulk hogan hulkamania running wild um so you know i'm always and i've always uh advocated people might have uh listened to this show before and heard me advocate one of my personal if you were to put together your five-star matches, your classics, there's another Survivor Series match that we're going to talk about in a little bit that's also on my five-star classics. Happened in 96. Um, but what is the debut match of The Undertaker? In oh, yeah. 14 minutes, they managed to completely get over The Undertaker as this unstoppable force that's, like, fucking amazing. What? And they managed to also elevate Bret Hart into a a, sting, a single star because he has like a mini match, like a six minute match with Ted DiBiase, yeah, who had been DiBiase, a former yeah. main eventer. They put on a beautiful, excellent fucking match where Bret right. Hart comes this close to beating him and Bret Hart had just been a tag to that point. So it was a yeah. big deal that he was able to hang with right. a guy like Ted DiBiase so well and almost beat him. He barely right. loses and he just gets such amazing babyface sympathy for the way that he handles it because he fights so fucking hard loses shows you know he's disappointed in himself you could see it when he you know because he could have done it but he didn't quite do it and he was then well on his way to becoming a single star the next year and the world champion the year after that it's a fucking amazing match and the story that it tells and the things that it accomplishes in such a short time i implore so we are first two shout outs we got the 87 women's match from mr luck and we got this uh, four on four Survivor Series match, nineteen ninety. Um, the Dream Team against the Million Dollar Team. It's Dusty Rhodes' squad against uh, Ted DiBiase's team. Ted DiBiase brings out the Undertaker to debut him. It's it's a fucking excellent match. Similar to you, when I first got into wrestling as a little kid, after I got addicted, then I would go to the video store and I would say, okay, the Royal Rumbles and the Survivor Series is what stood out to me. Because in my mm -hmm. little kid brain, I would look and I said, well, this one has the most wrestlers. I get to see the most people for my buck, you know, because I only mm -hmm. got to rent a movie once a week. Right. Like, I want to see the most wrestlers that I can see. So I would always pick a Royal Rumble or a Survivor Series. So that's how I saw all the Royal Rumbles and the Survivor Series from 87 through 90, where I was at. Um, 
Dev, did you have you seen any of the the old the original eighties and nineties Survivor Series? I've, I know for sure. I've definitely watched the first one. It's been ages. I, I admittedly I struggle to watch eighties, nineties W like early nineties WWF. You know, I watch the classics. It's different. Yeah, it's yeah, different for sure. For sure, I, I'll go back and watch it, but like it's hard. Um, as far as as far as my first Survivor Series, so my. So my first, so I got into wrestling, um, 25, I got into wrestling around like 01, 02. And so, so I'm in the attitude era, the ruthless aggression era. That's, you know, what was happening when I got in and I'm from Columbus, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. And we have like a crazy, we have a really good library system here. And so when I was a kid going to the library, we had one of the, the library near me had a, like a, a ridiculous wrestling you, tape collection. You guys had wrestling tapes in your fucking library? Yeah, and oh then even in, even into God. DVDs, even into DVDs, we would get pay per views, and so so uh, the reason that this is impactful with me, and yeah. I don't know if I told this story on here before, but mm. growing up, being super duper fucking poor, mm. uh, most of the books, well, all the books, but also a lot of the movies that I got to get were and I library. spent a lot of time at the fucking library because they're free. I don't know if they were still free in 0102, but yeah. back then they were free at the library. So when people talk to me and they're like, how do you know all this shit about these old movies? Because they had the the uh, the Universal Monster movies there. They had like all the classic movies. And that's like all I got to watch because we never had any fucking money. So I'd go to the library and get movies. Um, so that's it fucking blows my mind that you got to watch like actual cool stuff and this, like, and this is and, yeah. and we're talking like a like a mat like I, someone must have like donated it because this, we're talking like i wasn't thinking so i don't know if it was really in order but it must have been every tape from the attitude era you know what i mean like all Ooh, the pay-per-views plus ho- plus like home video you know they would be like you know rock would have his own you know home video tape you know that sort of thing yeah so, so my first so so at so of course what's going on on tv is you know rock is still there austin is still there you know they're about to leave and so their faces on TV. And so my first experience watching Survivor Series was on tape with Survivor Series 98. And this is when The Rock turns heel. Rock was Rock was my idol, you know what I'm saying? I look so, Hell yeah. So That's my a first, dead, deadly game, isn't it? Right. This is, yeah. Yeah, this is when he wins great the set, great concepts, fucking awesome. The whole show, thing. Yes. And never done it again. Damn shame. Yeah. Yeah. And my so you know, Rock is my one, still one of my favorite wrestlers, and I didn't, ha- you know, I didn't have any, you know, three, four years old, had no concept of healer face, good guy, bad guy. I don't like this guy. Oh, I like this hurt. guy. You were and, yes, and then I was also <laughs> a fan. I was also a fan of Mick Foley. I got to see Hell in a Cell, so I'm, 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 you know, I have a certain level of respect for him as a kid, and to see my favorite wrestler turn on this guy, you know, I'm a big fan of. It devastated me, but that was what that feeling got me hooked. You know, that it, it, yeah. it invested in me. You know. So that was the that's first. That's, that's that's the first one I watched. The the the, the first one that you know I remember like experiencing. I think it w- would have been like Survivor Series two thousand four. I, I, is that like the first one they did like the SmackDown versus Raw stuff? I, I think that's it. I, I don't remember. Was it three? I can't remember. I just remember. I just remember. I don't even remember the pay per view. I just remember it, watching the SmackDown before, and that was like the the first time they did the Raw versus SmackDown fight. You know, the rosters fighting each other. You know, I, backstage. I, I think yeah, I think 04 might have been the first one because I just watched 03 the other day, and they, they I think they only had the brands versus their own. H, yeah, Eric Bischoff yeah. versus Austin. Yeah, yeah, all team yeah. Austin. Yeah. So that's that's I, what that's one of my favorites Survivor Series matches right there. Which one? Which what year was it? The uh, 04 or 03? 
2003 uh, Team Bischoff versus Team Austin. Fuck yeah. That's another another shout out. You guys go check it out. Um, true. First Survivor Series memories. Um, um, I think 1992. Um, ni- you know, 1992. Uh, was it Brett and Sean? I think like the yeah, first big yeah. Brett, <clears throat> Brett yeah, and Sean yeah. match. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I went to. Which uh, is crazy to funny. go look back at because because it's like a uh you know a, a precursor to yeah, yeah precursor yeah. Sean yeah yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, it was funny. I remember, you know, we were talking about Hollywood video, Blockbuster video, and all that stuff like that. And I used to go to Blockbuster with my mom, and yeah. I used to, you know, used to get the video games and right, you know, and and all stuff like that. But then they used to have a little section for that, and I think it was, you know, the Coliseum video. Uh, right, yeah, I used to learn a lot of little compilations. You know, and uh, I, I think I watched it, and I know that I think it was like Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man against Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. And I, yeah. I think, you know, at that time, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, like I'll, you know, and I hadn't really, like, I maybe caught WWF superstars because I think they used to come on television, but uh, you know, around that, around that time. Um, and it might have been obviously a couple months after Survivor Series 92 because you know, I didn't, I didn't really know too much about it, but uh, you know, I went back. And, you know, you know, I went back and, and watched it. And I remember, I think Kamala and, and Undertaker had a match, a coffin match that was pretty hilarious to me. And, you know, uh, it was that. I think Brett and Sean, that's my first memory. Yeah, my first memory and, of Survivor uh, Series. Big Boss Man and Nails had a had a nightstick match, too. What the fuck is this, yeah, a BW yeah. show? Goddamn, gimmicks all up and down. If, if I remember correctly, I think 92 was like the first Survivor Series pay-per-view. Uh, pay they didn't have any of the traditional... Elimination matches, yeah. Yeah, elimination matches. I think they only had the, uh, the only like tag match well, other than the, uh, what Dart just mentioned, the, uh, Mr. Perfect and Randy Savage versus uh, Ric Flair and Ray Ramon. I yep. think they had a, uh, the Natural Disasters, and I think versus Money, Inc. Somebody, yeah. I think that was the only, I think, like tag match nah. other than yeah, the feature match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, just, I just, I just looked it up. It's Natural Disasters and the Nasty Boys versus the Beverly Brothers. There you go. And money. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. There you go. That's a that's a house show classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Morgan, have you ever even seen the Survivor Series before? <laughs> Yes. Uh, I think my first one was 2009. Okay. Um, I don't think I watched it as it happened, but I got the DVD. And so I just watched it a lot. And I was a big Randy Orton fan at the time. So I loved watching his match, even though he lost. Um, the Team Orton versus Team Kingston. Um, that feud was just. It just sticks in my mind from that time. Um, my favorite Survivor Series moment has to be Punk winning. I was just well, I, I was gonna go into okay. Now we're gonna go favorite Survivor Series matches moments. So, and I was gonna connect with you on this because I was there that night, um, and it was fucking amazing. I don't know. 
what impact it had on you, this, this specific thing that I'm about to talk about. But, you know, he was going against uh, Alberto Del Rio, had his ring announcer. Punk comes out. It's in the garden. And Punk says, I have my own ring announcer. And man, everybody my age and older just started fucking going ballistic because we're like, there's no way. Is it going to be? I can't even put into words how grateful I am and how cool it was to hear the Fink introduce CM Punk in the fucking garden. I can't tell you how thankful I am that I got to hear one time in my life the Fink say and knew world heavyweight champion. There's no way to properly, you know, maybe luck will know what I'm talking about. There's mm-hmm. no way to fucking sum up how important that voice was to somebody of my age. And it's just, he was the voice of everything. And especially yep. in that building, you know, that was so synonymous and such a, a powerful part of the backbone of my childhood was that dude's voice and announcing new champions and having people come to the ring. And he had been gone. I had never been to a live show where he was there. It was so fucking cool that CM Punk got to be the guy who connected. Cause that was CM Punk was also my favorite wrestler at the time. So it was, it was just everything. It was everything to me. I'll fucking be grateful for it for the rest of my life. Um, Morgan, take it away. What that was like for you that night. Um, well, that moment doesn't really mean a lot to me, but I know, <laughs> I know it means a lot to Punk because he just, he respects yeah. the history of wrestling and, you know, everybody. And so I imagine it was really cool for him to have that moment. Well, and, and I'm at the moment in general of, you know, if you were going to talk about Punk coming out, winning this belt, that's what began, you know, his mega run, um, what was that like that night for you? Again, I don't remember the actual night, but I just remember like seeing that he had won and just being really happy and just enjoying like his entire reign afterwards. What do you guys uh you guys remember uh 2011 Survivor Series there, Dev? What do you did you watch that show? What'd you think of it in that punk match? I did, funny enough, so Survivor Series, that's 2011, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so funny enough, I had given up wrestling up to that point. I think me and True have talked about this a few times. So this was so this was my first wrestling pay-per-view back since 2005, maybe 2006. Or no, that, or 2007. That, that's when I stopped watching uh, up to that point. And I was, I was watching, of course, for The Rock's return. You know what I mean? And I... I caught, you know, back then I had caught, you know, the beginning of Punk's run in WWE and I thought he was cool, but he wasn't in any main, you know, he wasn't in a top spot. So I didn't, I didn't really get him. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, yeah, what's the word? He wasn't going, he wasn't going all out. You know what I mean? He wasn't, he wasn't going to his, his fullest potential. So I didn't really get him. And so that was, so seeing him win then that was kind of like the start for me. Like, I oh, this is why they like him. Oh, you know what I mean? So like not like I don't have any like you know emotional ties to it or anything like that, but that yeah. was for me, that was what I caught notice, you know. Mr. Luck, back me up, man. Was that yeah. not oh. cool as fuck? 
Oh, uh, it was definitely a cool moment because of uh, although I didn't see Survivor Series, uh, twenty eleven, kind of like Dev, I myself over the years, and I've been you know since like over thirty years, I've been off and on. Uh, so I didn't actually see a lot. Funnily enough, I got to see the moment. I think, matter of fact, I was looking. I don't know if it was CM Punk birthday or who birthday, or I just felt like watching. I happened to come up in my YouTube algorithm. So I watched the moment and uh it was it was it was great. Of course, I'm sure the moment is I mean the feel is not as the same as watching it live, but it was a great moment because as you mentioned, for our people our age, you know, think you know, he's the voice of WWE, you know, ring announcer, you know. So he he really, you know, he classes as a classic voice, you know, who can who can forget. And knew, you know, he even yeah. said it in the Hall of Fame speech, you know, who can forget that? So, uh, so it was an awesome moment, you know. It you know makes sense that someone like Tim Punk would have done that, but yeah, it's just uh, yeah, just for yeah, like you, uh, like you said, Eric, uh, for guys like us who who go back that far, that's a it was an awesome moment. I'm a true. Did you uh, check out? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a look, man. So, I mean, besides Morgan, I think I'm the the next probably biggest punk fan that that that's on this panel. So, um, yeah. you know, I I stopped watching to, to to sum up how important that that was for me watching it. I stopped watching WWE in '09 for yeah. two years, and and then I had stopped watching it from '04 to like '06, but that was a little bit more out of what I was involved in at the time. I wasn't paying attention to what was going on on TV. I was outside in the street, so I missed right. that. But, but oh, you know, 09, I stopped watching because I think I went to uh, SmackDown or something. It's like right at the time Jeff Hardy won the championship right. or won a championship, something like that. And I, I saw that. I went to one of those live shows. And then, you know, Punk turned heel. And I think shortly after that SummerSlam TLC match, I stopped watching. But the, but the person who kept me watching – at that time was like punk. I used to like v, uh, MVP. Um, you know, I thought Kofi was cool. A couple other, couple other wrestlers were cool at the time, but I just didn't care about uh, WWE at the time. Right. I was just kind of losing its luster. And then when Punk did the pipe bomb, you know, it kind of brought me. Well, Rock came back, and that and that kind of gauged my interest. But you know, Rock wasn't there every week, so I, right. you know, I, I would be in and out. And then Punk dropped the pipe bomb, and and I was kind of like. Watching it after that, I, I, I was like, I was actually in the arena live for the week before the pipe bomb. Uh, wow. I was I was there when he he had a triple threat match. I want to say with like Rey Mysterio and somebody else or something like that, or or something like that. He he sat and he cut a promo after he won the match. Like, I can't remember exactly what it is. I got a, I have a video of it from like from back then. And then um, you know, by the time Survivor Series came around, I remember thinking to myself, man, they gotta fix this because they had kind of messed up his booking. You know, they had him losing the, you know, Triple H and they had Kevin Nash going out there hitting him with power bombs and stuff like that. So to him, for him to go in and actually get the championship, uh, it was a special moment to have Howard Finkel out there. It was even more special to have Punk win it. So it was like it was kind of like Punk's crowning achievement. And I kind of wish that it was like a little. Yeah, it wasn't kind of like swept under the rug. A little bit because the whole show was focused on The Rock and John Cena and The Rock's first match in like you know seven years or whatever it was, but uh, it, it was a special moment. You know, it was, it was a special moment, and, and for me, 
it kind of it kind of made everything a little more a uh, little, little better you know a little better a little, little better for me as a um you know as a fan watching and i thought the del rio and punk match was was, was fired too i thought uh you know how finkel you know getting another moment like that i mean that's something that you know i think a lot of people who if you grew up you know that was you know i i think that was a moment in time and you in madison square garden it's just it, you don't get many moments like that so i always always wanted to like you know like ask punk or have punk go on like a, a podcast himself and, and talk about what that moment meant to him in, in terms of his wwe career because that you know winning the world championship in madison square garden with howard finkel you know being brought in to be your announcer that's a that that's that's a, a amazing thing and you don't you don't get to see that every day so yeah so on to Dave Morgan, Dev, favorite, favorite Survivor Series matches, favorite show, anything you'd like to recommend to anybody to check out? Like so what my, really stands out to you? So I think just from an in-ring, just completely in-ring, I think my favorite probably would be 2019 or uh, maybe a hot take. I like, I like, in terms of in-ring stuff, I like, uh the invasion angle so i like survivor series 2001 oh that that match is fucking amazing what what that match is amazing Uh, you know the angle is whatever people want to talk about but the pre-match promo and the match itself is just a weak bill even the weak bill that smackdown before is so yes yeah. yeah it's fucking incredible fuck yeah i'm super with that you go keep going keep going so I mean, so I mean, I, I so Survivor Series one. I like uh, twenty nineteen. That's probably, especially the more recent one. That's probably my favorite one. That's you know, that's the one where was was it? They were stuck in most of the roster was stuck in Saudi, so they ended up doing the 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 NXT invasion one. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Uh, so I, I really like that one. And then um, I'm trying to think of which other ones I liked. Those are it. Like, like, like we were going over. Like, I have a lot of memories of the matches, but in terms of my favorites, I think of the three. I think of the big four. I'm, I mean, I think Survivor Series for me is the least, my least favorite. I got you. Um, true stuff that sticks out to you. Favorite um, Survivor I, Series match show, whatever. Uh, my favorite, like of all the shows, probably O2. Um, you know, it's, that's my favorite. Um, you know, Elimination Chamber, the the, the triple yeah. threat tag team match. Um, I'll, I'll, surprise, I'll, I'll I'm surprised this is the first mention of O2 that we've had on this. I can't yeah. believe I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. O2 yeah, is my absolutely my favorite, man. I mean, you 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 start off with that, like, was it like a street fight type of deal, a table, tables match, whatever? Elimination Deli tag, Boys, yeah, Del, Deli Boys reunite, uh, Jeff Hardy doing some crazy stuff. Um, you know, and then you kind of go into like I said, the Brock and Big Show thing. I wasn't really into it back then, but it worked out. I think I thought it worked out pretty well. I think Scott was Scott Steiner uh arrived also, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Huge pop, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah god damn, that's a badass show, man. Fuck yeah. It's 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 a classic show. I think O2 for me, it's funny. So like O one, O two, back to back. I love both of those shows. Um the one that I actually think is is kind of interesting because 
I don't I don't think it's a great show, but it just it just ha- it just had a feel to it. And I think every Survivor series in Madison Square Garden is significant. Uh, you know, but in like O2 was in I believe Madison Square Garden too. So, yep. Yep. um I think 96 is one of those, you know, we're about to talk about 96, don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 96 is one of those where it's just like you know, like you start off, you got your, you know, like people don't even. I'm talking to somebody about stuff. I'm like, man, you remember they had like Doug Furness and 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 the Godwins and 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 uh, I think Leaf Cassidy, who was really what yeah. Al Snow. I think that was really just Al yeah. Snow. Yeah. And then uh, you know Marty Janetti was out there, and then they were like the Rockers had turned heel, and the new Rockers had turned heel, and then you know you had Undertaker and Mankind, and they had the uh, well, that the was the Paul night Bear. also that that Mankind that Undertaker busted out the the. The fucking basically the look he would have throughout the attitude era. Yeah. He came down from the ceiling and the fucking bat vampire fucking armor right. shit. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you can't talk about Survivor Series 96 without talking about the uh the arrival of you know the biggest crossover star in in, in professional wrestling, which is The Rock. And mm-hmm. he, and so there's a lot of funny things about that particular match. Is that I think Barry Wyndham was the stalker at the time. Yeah, it, it yeah. brings out how how goofy the uh, the new generation era was in terms of you had the you know TL Hoppers, your Duke the Dumpster Droshies, you had your uh, you know other you know other, other guys and stuff like that occupations. And, <laughs> yeah, it's just weird, you know, it's just the goon and all those other guys. So yeah, you said those interesting. Yeah, and I mean, you have Fake Diesel or Fake Riz Ramon. They were on the, right. they were on the card too, you know. Um, uh, your Flash Funk, Two Cold Scorpios, Flash Funk, like it's that. That's a that's such a different era in in professional wrestling, especially for WWF's WWE. You know, but I think the rock, you know, Rock arriving, you know, and I remember Jr. had Blue Chipper right as a Blue Chipper right there, just that right there just, is going to be the man right there. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and it's just funny because like he 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 eventually did become that, just not I guess in the in the way they might have thought. And so um, obviously the um the match of the night was Bret Hart and Stone Cold. So uh that's that's yeah. you know that's a great match. It's not quite the WrestleMania 13 match, but uh oh okay. So I guess I got to jump in already because I was gonna say everybody talks about everybody says what you just said everybody talks about the wrestlemania 13 match nobody talks about the survivor series 96 match and for my money i like that match better that's another one of my five star if you ask me what my five star matches are stone cold steve austin versus bret hart at survivor series 1996 it's the perfect mix of technical wrestling of hard-hitting fast-moving wrestling of some hardcore stuff on the outside that was still a fucking table spot. There's an awesome yeah. and 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 the way that they built to the way they built to it, it was very much like an old and they and Bret Hart talks about this right. book his book they did it on purpose where it was wow. like an old school like western like this new badass outlaw is here to try and take the town from the fucking old sheriff. And that's how they built it. And they even stood like that, like an old Wild West show face-off right. in the Showdown. middle of the ring when it started. And the whole match is that story of Austin just pouring it on. Yeah. But Brett is this established technician. He has these tricks. He has these things. And then that's how he beats him. It ends right. up in a situation where you could look at it and say, oh, it looks like maybe Austin is the better guy, is the better man. But Brett just had it in him to pull it off this night because 
the finish Ugh. you'll have to watch it to see because i want everybody to please go watch this fucking beautiful match i would Boy. also recommend starting off on the october 21st 1996 monday night raw because they do this simulcast promo thing and it goes throughout the entire episode of raw where brett is at his house they're interviewing stone cold steve austin at the wwe studios and they're just mm. going back and forth and you get just fucking bars from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like this yeah. is the shit where you cannot deny him. Like this is going to be the next star. He's so fucking good through the whole episode. That starts off the build. It goes through all the way up to the Survivor Series. It's goddamn excellent. Cannot recommend it enough. It's one of my favorite um, matches. I like it better than fucking WrestleMania 13. You got to check it out. It's amazing. The whole feud is fucking incredible. From that October 21st, all the way through the street fight they have after WrestleMania 13, through 97, through the Canadian Stampede 1997, it is match for match, bar for bar, segment for segment. I say it's the number one as far as quality wrestling feud of all time. That's me. There's other ways you can measure it. You know, probably Sting and Hogan probably drew more dollars. Stone Cold and Austin or Stone Cold and McMahon probably drew more dollars to me. Uh, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan definitely drew more dollars for me. Quality wise, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart from October 96 through August 97 is the best feud of all time. I would uh, definitely have to echo your sentiment, uh, your, your sentiments. About I, as a matter of fact, I think I feel the Survivor Series '96 matches even somewhat overshadowed compared to yeah. the, the, the uh, WrestleMania 13. Because as you just described, like even Brett, as you say, he shared in his book. He that was the perfect that was a perfect analogy, like the Western, the young new young gun coming to town. Because that just as a fan watching back then '96 and watching Raw, I was like, man, who's this dude? It's like. Yeah, talking killer, talking killer. all that cash shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, talking cash shit. He was charismatic and just a badass. He was like, I'm like, who's this dude? So they it just made them feel perfect. And you know, to this day, Brick Hart and Austin, you know, they you know compliment each other and understand how how great it was. And, you know how I mean, I mean, perfect analogy. Yeah, and, and like you said, the match just had the perfect blend of brawling. Old school technical. I mean, the finish was just a nice touch, you know, a, a great and a great nod to the 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 match versus Piper at WrestleMania yep. eight. You yep. know, it was just perfect. Like you say, the whole feud really was just done, just incredible. One one of the few best, definitely one of the best feuds ever in wrestling, especially in WWE. Just just so well done, as you said. So I definitely echo most of it. And then. True to close out your thoughts on Survivor Series '96 to wrap around, and I know you probably enjoyed the shit out of this. It's the main event where the crowd has finally had enough of Mr. Male Stripper HBK, and they are fully behind Psycho Sid and everything he mm -hmm. fucking does. And while he's beating the shit out of an old man, Jose Lothario, they cheer that too because they're so fucking tired of Shawn Michaels and ready to move on. True. It's a truly enjoyable main event of Survivor Series '96. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny because I, I like I was a Shawn Michaels fan 
uh in like 96 but but sean eventually like kind of annoyed me i think it was after the vader match at SummerSlam. i was just like all right and yeah. then that's just you know and then stone cold started coming along and i was just like yo stone cold is that dude you know and he and stone cold was still rough around the edges as a character you know and in, yeah. in, in that time but he was you know he was doing his thing and he was um he was he was really going out and uh and showing it out and i didn't like psycho sid though you know i wasn't a psycho yeah. sid fan either so i you know i kind of was just like all right well i mean like if somebody got to win i guess sid will win and then you know when i when i when i watched it i remember thinking to myself like man this is an interesting crowd because you're so used to sean but even then sean was slowly starting to get booed anyway you know what i mean like yeah. I think at the mind in the mind games match against mankind, like there was like not a lot of booze, but you could feel like the crowd was kind of like slowly getting there. It's it's it's, it's like I, I I would compare it to almost like a John Cena, two thousand five situation, you know, like where people slowly are starting to like eh, this is corny, eh, this is eh. and so that's basically what I was um, you know what 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 I what I saw and what I noticed, but. For the most part, uh, the match itself kind of sucks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's not very good. And that's hard to do. Uh, you yeah. know, 96, 97 HBK is yeah. fucking ridiculous. Possibly the best in-ring performer ever if, if you go back and watch that shit. It's out of control how much wind that guy had and how much he, he just right. run the whole match. It was right. fucking absurd. Um. But yeah, it was tough to get a bad match out of him, and the crowd was super on the side of Psycho Sid. I, I think other... that was probably, yeah. I think oh, sorry, because I think that was probably the most memorable part of the whole match is how the crowd turned <laughs> on Michaels to see it, and uh, you know, a few people like online. I haven't really heard this offline, but it would make sense, you know, given giving you know. I remember even watching the NW. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I think this was before, but actually might have been around the same time. You know, the shit from VHS and DVDs in the early two thousands. WWE made a uh, NWO uh, 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 video doc. Doc, I think this was right around the time that Hall and Nash and Hogan came back to the fold in two thousand two. Yeah, and uh, they one of the lines, one of the things I remember Hall saying was. You know, we counted when the NWA, NWO started off in 96 that nothing was really going on back then. And, it, and I was like, that's very true because back then, like, especially if you look at the history and, like, matter of fact, somebody was just, I, I was listening to something to wrestle with and they were talking about, you know, uh, you know, everybody, you know, uh, us old enough to remember how ratings were bad, you know, for both companies, drawing wise. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that's very true, you know, knowing that history. That's true. Like, nothing was really going on, you know, business-wise, both companies, WWF and WCW. It wasn't really, I mean, WCW had the Dungeon of Doom and they had Vader and some other stuff going on. WWF had what they had going on. But I was like, that's true. No wonder it really hit so hard because at one point, like I was saying, I don't ever heard this offline, but one thing I've heard people say, I think one of the strikes against Michaels back then uh, is that like people weren't buying on this, like you mentioned, people weren't buying into the you know male stripper, you know, ladies guy 
baby face, you know, so compared to what WCW was doing with the NWO, it was like, so it kind of, kind of, kind of, I think kind of translate with, you know, seeing that edge and, you know, psycho. And so I, I think that was the most like memorable part of that match was like, cause the match itself wasn't so great, but you know, I think that was probably the most memorable part of that match. And I see uh, the crowd was cheered on Sid instead of, instead of Michael. It was an interesting time. Um, for me, True already brought us into, uh, you know, Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. Um, that was the other one that I was going to shout out. Uh, like I said earlier, absolutely go check out 1990 Dream Team against a Million Dollar Team. Um, tremendous storytelling job there. Um, I would be remiss. I don't know if there's anything, any matches that particularly stand out to me on this show, but I would be remiss if I did not mention um, – the first, so my first 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 live show was in uh, ninety seven. I want to say or ninety six. Um, no, ninety seven. It was a nitro. We were in the back back row. Um, you know, it was my Christmas present, birthday present, every present fucking ever rolled all into one for to go to these tickets. Um, you know, I could turn around and touch the back wall of the fucking Arco Arena in Sacramento uh, at this Nitro. Um, but on the other hand, I do have to say that my, uh, you know, my uncle, uh, Uncle Roy, took me to the show, came to pick. I was like a little kid. He came to pick me up at like seven in the morning to take me to the building because he knew how fucking excited like I'd be to just be there all day. And it was super fucking cool. And he didn't have to do that. And it just it's just awesome to think of now as an adult. Uh, you know, rest in peace to the big dog. Um, but my first real live show that I went to with my own money, uh, after I had moved away from home and like didn't have you know, wasn't sitting up against the back wall, was the Survivor Series 2006 in Philly. DX had just returned, it's still to this day one of the most insane environments I have fucking been a part of when during that DX entrance. The crowd went fucking ballistic. CM Punk was on their team that night. I believe it may have even been his first WWE pay-per-view. Um, DX did a huge job of putting him over during the during their little pre-match promo. Um, he was a big part of it. That night also has, um, I believe also that Batista took the belt, either took it back that night from Booker T. So I remember that being the main event and people being excited about that. What I will say to check out on this show, other than that DX entrance, they go uh, it's it's bananas, um, is the Undertaker and Mr. Kennedy have uh, I don't remember if it was the last blood. man standing or I think a, it's first blood. Yeah, first blood. first blood. Well, you would think it's first blood because there's a lot of fucking bleeding that happens in this fight. So it's either a last remember. man standing. Or no DQ, but no, what it I was a it, it it was a first blood match. It literally was. It's funny. I just I just looked it up. It was the first. But blood what match. I bet you do remember about it is that match in the just at the end of it features the most hellacious chair shot you will uh -huh. fucking ever see in your life. Yeah, True knows what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. The Undertaker. Bucks his shit up with this chair oh, shot. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. Yes. I remember that. <clears throat> and I remember in the building sounding like a fucking bomb going off. It mm. ridiculous. So 
Survivor Series 2006. Hell yeah. Um, so, what are you guys looking forward to coming up this weekend? Uh, true. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I have no desire to actually watch Survivor Series. Um, I don't actually think I will. I haven't watched the WWE pay-per-view in, in quite some time. Um, I am anxious to see the fallout uh, from whatever happens. Um, and, and whatever and before, doesn't happen. <laughs> whatever doesn't happen. Yeah. I also want to just, just give a, br- a couple brief mentions to a couple things. Obviously, um, Survivor, Survivor Series has uh, gone through some, some changes and, and some interesting things. Like They only had uh, one Survivor Series match. They've been doing that for, you know, off and on for quite some time for the men and the women. Um, I just want to point out 2007 had a very strange, very, very yeah. strange uh, situation. They had a four on five handicap uh, match where it was a Triple H, Jeff Hardy, Kane, Rey Mysterio against like Umaga, Big Daddy V, uh, Finley, uh, Mr. Kennedy, and MVP. Um, also, something people have tried to forget, 2007, the great Kylie took on Hornswoggle. These are the moments that we talk about Survivor Series. You These are the to, moments. Yeah. These are the moments that you that you kind of have to you, you you bring up. But you know, th- th- there were some good there were some good things that that happened uh, in the later years of Survivor Series. So I don't want to leave out those moments before we get into this upcoming Survivor Series that I have no interest really in paying attention to. But um, I, you know, I'll just say. I thought, and even though I wasn't paying attention to it uh, in 2009, John Cena, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels had a pretty decent main event no. in 2009. Oh, yeah. I thought, no, that's a great fucking match. Definitely check that out. Um, you know, I, I went back and eventually watched it later on. I thought it was pretty good. I thought, I think 2010 might oh, actually yeah. be the worst Survivor Series ever. Um, I went back and watched it on, uh, I went back back in the WWE Network days before it went to uh, Peacock, and of course 2012. Um, was the debut of the Shield, so you can't, uh, you know, obviously that is a very important benchmark in the WWE history. Um, you know, CM Punk took on John Cena and Ryback, which on paper is terrible, but uh, yeah, you know, and I think um, you, you know, 2014 had a really good main event. Um, that's that's when Sting arrived, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say yes. that's when Sting arrived. Yep, yep, yep. Won, you the, know. won the match, the one Survivor Series match. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and I think Ziggler was the one who ended up being the like last man standing on that too. Yeah. Which uh, ten years later, that's kind of funny. Um, if you do find that on Peacock and you find the date, I highly recommend checking out the Raw the night after. Stephanie McMahon <laughs> cuts one of my favorite heel eating shit promos ever. She is oh yeah, fucking hilarious. She gets on there. You could like on her face, like they're just fucked. They're all fired. She's like wishing. She's like, I hope you all have a wonderful holiday with your family. But she was like the biggest piece of shit just the week before. It is so goddamn funny. Stephanie McMahon, when she is in the right like flow state, can be so good sometimes, like so entertaining, so fucking funny. And it's she's that's like her best work. Maybe other than when she turned heel when she first showed up with Triple H, th- it's so fucking funny. You have to watch the Monday Night Raw after that Survivor Series. That Survivor that'll Series be, fucking rocked. That'll be November twenty fourth. There you go, twenty fourteen. 
I, I also want to make a mention to point out the funniest main event uh, in the history of Survivor Series to me, at least in recent memory, has been 2016, where Goldberg was there to take on Brock Lesnar. And that match lasted an entire minute and a half. Yeah, smoked him. And that, is, and that is the funniest main event because I remember after it was over, everybody I know texted me like, I know you, do you see this? Are you kidding me? And then I got a bunch of LOLs and, and all that stuff like that. But I, I do know they had a, on 2016, they had a good um, SmackDown versus Team Raw match. Um, I think it was like AJ Bray and, and, and you know, Mox and a couple other people. I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was an extremely long match. If I, if I can remember, I think it was extremely, extremely long. But, uh, and, and I think that's the one thing I, I do enjoy about Survivor Series, although it wasn't my favorite. I think they had a lot of interesting things. Like you had the Shield and the New Day at, in 2017, right? And so that was uh, that was a mass. That's a massive match to to have. You had um, uh, I think you had, I think it was Brock and AJ that same year in 2017, and you know, um, he had a good Bang- string of them. He had a good yeah. string of those Survivor Series matches. Him and Daniel Bryan had a had a solid one. Yeah, that was like the next year, I think, right? Something like mm-hmm. that. Maybe yeah. yeah. So, so like that, and so that to me is like Survivor Series has been less about. Honestly, it's been less about the the matches, the Survivor Series matches themselves. It felt like, but more about like those marquee matches, uh, singles matches, I guess if you, you want to call it that, because the Daniel Bryan and Brock match from 2018 that's the one that i remember the most and the same thing with 2017 uh with, with brock and aj so uh there's not a lot in recent memory in my opinion to rave kind of rave about i think you could you could you know talk about the the, the year that nxt uh was a part of it and that's when they kind of start bringing in the whole you know i, I think that's when the war game stuff started to hold on hold on yeah. So yeah, but uh in, in yeah, twenty I said twenty nineteen, yeah, that's when the NXT came up came along and that's when they kind of slowly started to implement uh, you know, the the the, the like the war games and, and all that stuff. But I guess it it was weird because if you remember uh when they were doing was it the Thunderdome? Yeah. Uh like the Thunderdome stuff. Like that in twenty twenty, that I think is a weird one. Because I often wonder what that would have been like had it have been with the crowd in a regular one. Because you had on paper you had a Sasha Banks versus Oscar match, you know. You had you know Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, and uh, you know I I, I kind of wonder what could have been if we would have been uh you know able to get kind kind of get a crowd for that one. And if I can't, I, I, I feel like I'm missing the one match. And I don't know if this was, I don't know if this is a Royal Rumble or if this was a Survivor Series, but I feel like there's a Roman Reigns, Keith Lee, like thing at one point. I don't know if that's Survivor Series though. Like, so I haven't watched WWE in like, I, I, they had, I think yeah. I remember Zach, Zach moment when you talking about that. I think that was Survivor Series. That, that was Survivor Series. Okay. Yeah, that encounter. Yep, that was nine. That was nineteen. Yeah, okay, so they that were, was nineteen. Uh, okay. Yeah, NXT with the NXT like match. The, they were the last two, if I'm mistaken, on their teams. And then, uh, then Reigns Dap Lee up. They had that moment with Reigns Dap Lee up. 
uh, like a show of respect. Oh yeah, I yeah, do remember that now. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, and it was in Chicago too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, it was like a big yeah. fucking reaction when it happened too. Right. Yeah, yeah, good moment. Yeah. Now, now if we can, uh, I guess, look ahead to Saturday. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, that's. Uh, I'll be honest. That's a. Uh, that's an interesting. Interesting, interesting situation there. Um, I guess we'll see how it all plays out, and I guess we'll see, you know, how things go. But uh, I think that you have um a pretty decent card uh in terms of putting it together. I mean, it's not very much there. Um, obviously the 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 world champ is you know the the main champ is not working the show. Uh, so it's a little uneven story wise. Like SmackDown is kind of uneven story wise to me. Because of that, um, I think I think it was a Rhea Ripley and like Zoe Stark and like Gunther and like the Miz. I really don't interest me like that. Um, the the women's war games match that that that's a little interesting. Um, but I think the the all eyes are on this the the, the men's war games match. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. the that's the match where you're looking. You got this is it's it's star power really. It's just Cody. You got. Seth, you got Jay Uso, you got Sammy, now you got Randy, you got five people who are extremely over in their own right, and then you have you know the, the Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre, which I think it would be a lot more exciting if it was like the Bloodline and Drew McIntyre or something like that, but um, it, you know it works. So I think that's it. I think the biggest story here is Randy Orton finally back, and I know a lot of people, especially people on my timeline will be looking to see if um somebody shows up <laughs> you know that's uh you know that's the, i think that's the thing so yeah um i i i i think we'll see uh i want to ask morgan morgan how are you feeling heading into to saturday what do you do you, do you have a feeling a gut feeling my that we might feeling is that it's 50 50 that he's gonna show up or he's not gonna show up. Oh, 50 50. Woo, that's heavy. Mm-hmm. Insider telling you, yes, this is CM Punk's uh personally selected, <laughs> personally selected person that he, he Herald. trusts, personally selected Harold. Yeah. Yeah, he. What else, he, you, he, what else are you looking forward to on Saturday, Morgan? Well, I haven't watched a WWE show in a long, long time. Uh, the only match that interests me is the men's war games, just because of Seth and Randy. But I'll be paying more attention to Collision while that's on. Oh, still a collider, still a collider. Um, commendable, because I am, I am no longer. <laughs> I so, am there's, no there's a lot of a lot of details to that. Um <laughs> Dev, yeah. Dave, what are you looking forward to on a Saturday night's show? So for like the last like six, seven months, I've I've suffered from wrestling burnout. Like I haven't watched like a full wrestling show. And there so I've go. just I'm just over like the last like two weeks I've really gotten out of that. Like I've been watching stuff, like I've I've been wanting to watch stuff. So I'm not per se looking forward to it, but I don't know. I'm not looking forward to what's going to happen at the event, but I'm looking forward to watch, you know, watch some new wrestling. You know what I mean? 
Oh, of yeah. course, the, the war games, they're going to overbook it. You know what I'm saying? It's going to, it's going to, it's got to deliver. You know what I'm saying? This is the only, this is the only match they've hyped up thus far. So it's got to deliver. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know. The, these other matches is, is kind of looking sad. I mean, the I, think women's, it's, I think the women's might be, might be okay, but these other matches. Eh. I think it will. I think it's going to deliver because everybody in that match is, are people who take a lot of fucking pride in delivering big matches, mm-hmm. big moments. You know, Cody was in blood and guts, but this is his dad's match. This is the war games by name. Um, so you know he's gonna fucking be ready to ride out and do something ridiculous. Um right. so I I think this match is gonna fucking deliver. Absolutely. And I and I have l- lesser expectations for the with the women's match, but I mean you got, you got like Shotzi in there. But all the other names, I mean, solid names beyond everybody Charlotte. in that match is fucking crazy as fuck. Oh, yeah, is crazy. Every, everybody's Kyrie jumping off that crazy. Yeah, sure. gonna, yeah, that's gonna be, and you know, goddamn well, you know it's in their minds that like, oh, well, the men's match is the big match. Like you know they're all thinking and it's it, right like, after, too. And and they're gonna be like, we're gonna fucking show them why we should be just as much or more. I know it's because it's just the personality of everybody involved in that match. I know that's what they're thinking, and I know they're going to do everything they can to fucking put their names up there just as much about what people are talking about the next week. So, yeah, that's going to be – I have some expectations for that fucking match. So I'm hoping they do, you know, like how they used to do, like Elimination Chamber, where it's like one at the beginning, one at the end, like space them out. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I, I imagine that's what they're going to do. Um. Mr. Luck, what are you looking forward to on Saturday? Oh, uh, mainly as you probably imagine the uh the men's and women's war game matches. See what's the out, you know, any interesting twists or turns. Mainly, uh mainly and see they go Deb and everybody else's Morgan, everybody in two and already said like basically I guess whatever the fall whatever the fallout is gonna be in this. You know, because uh, core Survivor Series, you know, major and the big original, original big four. So we'll see, uh, see, see uh, how it sends us off. You know, going on to you know next season, the twenty twenty four season, <laughs> WrestleMania season. To see how we're looking into uh, the Royal Rumble, going how we're looking going to the Royal Rumble stuff. You know, I'm kind of intrigued. I wouldn't say this is the match I'm most looking forward to, but I'm kind of intrigued by this Rhea Ripley-Zoe Stark match. Zoe Stark is tough as shit. Very physical. Can definitely handle herself in the ring. Um, And then Rhea Ripley is is the fucking god tier, is, you know, the fucking final boss for my money. Top five wrestler of the fucking year. Um I think they have enough. Now, I said this before she went against Raquel, and that match was fucking god awful. So I'm hoping it doesn't happen again. But it's another case of Zoe Stark. I don't know. I don't think she's super over at this point, but yeah. she has the tools to get over by putting on an excellent match, by being an excellent B side for Rare Ripley in this match. I think there's all the potential in the world for a sleeper fucking awesome match so i'm very intrigued by that it's low-key what i'm kind of expecting to happen it's like i don't have it's like i don't have a good or bad expectations but that's kind of how i feel maybe the case for gunther miz like yeah. gunther's, gunther's been on his run 
Miz is not he's not a five star wrestler, but he can wrestle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So under the under the right circumstances, we could get a pretty good match. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I expect that to go. I expect that to be good. When Miz is fucking in the right type of match with the right type of opponent, Miz Miz can do it. Um, mm-hmm. I have no I have no doubts that that's going to be a, a real good match. Um, so hell yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting too. Um, this has been interesting. Thank you guys so much. Our whole panel. For Thank you. jumping on here. Um, check out everybody's websites. Let's get these follows on Twitter. Um, thank you guys for joining Thank us. You. Please, Salute. everybody, go back. Check out our interview with Alex Kane, MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, rolling through. that, He had an epic match at Fightland against Jacob Fat 2. 48 minutes of fucking hard-hitting action. Hit up that show. A great angle to end it that had everybody on Twitter and all the dirt sheets fucking fooled last week. So go check out that MLW show from last weekend. It's on Fight TV. Um, and then check out just yesterday, uh, you know, if this isn't enough to fill your trip to your in-laws or your trip to your family for Thanksgiving, uh, if you need a little more time filled, check out our NBA NFL Super Pod from yesterday where we break down NFL of the week, NBA of the week. A lot of fun stuff. It was a really funny, uh, upbeat episode. Um, I better show some love, out. man. It's called defining a revolution for a reason, man. There you go. All this, con- hey. all this, all this content, man. You better show some love, man. Come on. Hey, we're trying. We're trying. We'll, 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 do, do, we'll do. Yeah, gonna do even more soon. Soon. Uh, doing our best. We got some big guests lining up for December. I'm not gonna leave you guys out in the cold because the world of DAR never stops. Can't stop, won't so many players, too many pawns, too many judges say it's right or wrong. Let them jump into the fire if they want to play.